I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. D. K. Manny. Manny. L. Scoop B. Radio. You know what's official if Barry Bonds said, yo, the best in the business. That's word of Scoop. You either tuning in or reading the word of Scoop. He give you the business. He show you the proof. If Scoop B said, you know it's the truth. Sports and entertainment. He give you the mix. Some of the biggest interviews. He give you the fix. On iTunes, the number one podcast. The joint and the journalist. The GOAT. So why ask? Watch out. Watch out. What about it? If he naming them, Scoopy.com, do numbers like Chamberlain. Pin game is a gift, got the gift to gab. If he say it is gospel, it's as simple as that. Now pay attention and you can see the way it go. Enough of this talking. This is Scoopy Radio. You're listening to Scoopy Radio. Get on his Instagram now. At Follow Scoop him. B. At Scoopy. Follow him. Yes, sir. Scoopy Radio. Radio. Yeah, on the plane, on the train. While you're quarantined, everywhere you need to be, I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Scoop B. Instagram is Snapchat at Scoop underscore B. And make sure to subscribe to the Scoop B radio podcast, which is available on all podcasting networks, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app, or simply by visiting Scoop Radio.com. 2.1 million streams in 2019. Anyone from Mark Cuban, Voice of Siri, Pete Sampras, DJ Khaled, Charles Barkley, Shaquille O'Neal, you name it, they've been on there. On the line right now is a guy who is a star in waiting. Got known for a little while. It's none other than Melvin Taylor II, uh, who is the host of The Alternative locally in New York City on WHCR Radio. And he's also a senior columnist at Respect Magazine. Sir, what's going on? Not much, man. Just, you know, quarantining it up, making sure to stay healthy, touching elbows when people, whenever I see somebody on the street, just trying to uh, make sure we all get through this time together. How about you? Did you, first of all, did you say elbows? I did. I did. I mean, I can't. So Charles Barkley. 
and, and Charles Oakley should kind of eat their heart out because you, you, you've got the sharp elbows right now. Man, listen, they need to be careful because I've been out here practicing, you know. People see me in the street. What's up, man? I'm like, oh, good elbow, bro. I can't can't do no high fives right now. Mm-mm-mm. Man, I'm doing good, uh, you asked me. I'm um, just working hard, staying out the way, getting these numbers up uh, over at heavy.com. Uh, we, we're making moves. But, That's good. Um, yeah, you've yeah. been killing it over there. Congratulations on all your success, by the way. Sources say, congratulations on your success, man. Oh, well, thank you, my brother. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. So, um, where do I begin? So, for those who are listening, uh, Melvin Taylor is being quite modest, uh, former producer uh, extraordinaire at uh, CBS Radio. Uh, when I was there, I think we connected at some point over there. And, uh, you know, you've just been rising up the ranks doing commercials uh, on YouTube um, and and. and I'm curious to know, like, from your perspective, particularly in the digital age, like, how did your whole YouTube ascension kind of start? B Radio. Man, uh, good question. Uh, the best way I can put it is that it, it, it started really the day in which I got my camera. Um, to make a long story short, I can get into it if we got time, but just to make it short for right now, uh, I was working a job. I have nowhere to be right now. You know where to be right now. All right, well, just saying, you know, you might have to quarantine and you got to run. Um, so uh, I was working a production job and um, just finished shooting the show that we were doing. We were doing like two, three shows um, a week. These are like uh, digital shows. I, I believe we had you as a host over there at Bowl TV. And um, was wrapping up a shoot for the business show and had to dash home so I could pick up my camera. Had been going through it with um usps at the time to be able to get my stuff on time and uh i just told everybody i'll meet them back at the office i just need to go home pick up the camera and i'll be right back um ended up getting home and the head honcho gives me a call and i, I was like hey just want to let you know i told everybody where i was i'm just gonna pick up this camera as soon as i got it and put it in my room and then i'm gonna come back right to the office but i didn't want to have any more mishaps because i was going to be going out of town um the following day uh, for Christmas break. And um, Head Honcho basically told me, hey, uh, well, I'm glad you let everybody know that, but there will not be a need for you to come back to the office because unfortunately, um, I, we had to make some staff changes. And a part of that change was, you know, we no longer need services here. And at that point, I remember thinking to myself, man, one, this is, this is not the news that I wanted to hear on the phone right now. Two, I just spent the last of what I had on my plane ticket to go home and to get this camera. And I was thinking that, okay, as long as I continue working, everything's going to be fine. I'll be all right. Um, I'll be able to re-up and I'll be good. And in that moment, I remember uh, calling my dad after thinking it over sometime. I was like, dad, man, I, I think I'm going to have to sell this camera back because I can't, I don't have anything to go off of right now. Like, I don't, I don't know what to do. And I remember him just telling me under no circumstances, will you sell that camera back? You know how long you've been telling me that you needed a camera to be able to do stuff? Like, do not do that at all. Keep that camera because you never know what can happen. And um, you know what? I listened to him, experimented with the camera some while I was at home over break, just trying to learn all the ins and outs of it. And then when I got back uh, to New York, um, I just started doing... YouTube videos and specifically started doing 
reaction videos and then review videos and commentary videos because I had been watching reactions for years. Like you can even go ask some of my old coworkers from my nine to fives back when I first got to New York and back in Chicago. Like I would love just watching the pure joy and excitement somebody would get out of watching something for the first time or hearing a song for the first time or really speaking passionately about something that they uh, they followed or that they loved. And I figured one day when I get me a camera, I want to be able to do the same thing. And, you know, I just started doing those. And ever since, I've just never looked back, really. So help me understand something. I, I'm a writer. You're a writer. Um, I don't de- delve too much into YouTube as much as you do. Uh, but I understand the process of keywords. I understand the process of, you know, like, characters and a certain amount of characters to kind of grasp people's attention, not to clickbait, but to really, you know, mm-hmm. tune in eyes, engage people in doing what it, what it's for those uh, who are, are listening. And even for myself, I, I'm curious from your perspective, um, how do you get those views off of just organic keywords through your videos on YouTube school? Honestly, the, the, the best thing I can tell you is to be, be there before the audience even knows that they're looking for it. That's a big thing for it. Like you just have to be present when they're looking for you. And you know, sometimes your your thumbnails gotta look gotta look nice enough for people want to click on it. I've seen a bunch of thumbnails because I'm the type of person that if I'm into something, I wanna watch all of it. So if I do a reaction uh video to a song or um to a new trailer that comes out or to a or or do a review on an album that I listen to or a movie that I watch, not only am I going to watch and listen to uh, my own just to make sure that I'm staying on my P's and Q's, but also watching if 15 other people put theirs out, I'm checking all 15 of those, and I'm even checking the last couple that come in within the past couple minutes of me having finished the other videos I'm watching just because I want to have a sense of what's going on in the space. And being able to own that space, a large part of that is just being there when the people need to see you. If somebody's looking for something at that point in time, you need to be there for them to find you. If you wait a couple hours, a couple days, a couple weeks, and then decide to do it, you may have missed your window at that point in time. That's the one aspect in terms of being on the uh, on the topical side of things on my end of YouTube, that if you're not in the if you're not in the know and if you're not present while it's topical, the wave is gonna miss you. So tell me if this is kind of similar. So at the time mm-hmm. of this uh, recording, today is uh, Wednesday, March 18, twenty twenty, uh, and about six eighteen p.m. Eastern time. Um, Sunday and Monday, I wrote two stories about Oprah. One mm-hmm. was about um, Michael Rappaport. Uh, I wrote it over at Heavy.com. And <laughs> Michael Rappaport, you, I, I think I sent it to you on IG or you saw it yourself, but he was trolling um, Gail King and, and Oprah. And, you know, it was a, it was a picture. And then um, I wrote that like Sunday or Monday, one of those days. But then mm-hmm. like Monday or, or Tuesday, I wrote a piece where I enveloped something. So I had Larry Sanders on the Scoopy Raider podcast former NBA player, current mm-hmm. big three player. And he talked about how he may be doing a collaboration with Drake. And so what I did was I grouped two things together. The headline reads, Drake reveals why he wants Oprah's $2 billion 
comma, partners with NBA star. The reason why I did that was because, you know, Drake came out with a song where he talks about he wants Oprah's bank account. So I Googled how much she was worth. She's about $2.6 billion. So for copy, I put $2 billion and I merged. The fact that the keyword was Drake, I merged Oprah's $2 billion, and then I added NBA star. As you know, there's no NBA basketball going on. Is there a similar, is that kind of, and what happened was, Oprah was trending on the internet on Wednesday for some things that were going on in the news. She responded on Twitter and the blogs picked it up. But because I was mm-hmm. ahead of the curve, I'm getting tons of clicks. Like just today, the one about Drake has 9,600 views. The one about, um, uh, with the one with Michael Rappaport where he talked about Gail King and Oprah in the meme and then he trolled uh, social distancing. That has uh, almost 8,400 views today. Is that kind of the similar process with YouTube? Like, how would you take something like that and merge it together with keywords? Man, I think that you're uh, you're spot on in everything that you're saying in the sense that not only were you already doing the work and being present in the space, but it just so happens, and like nobody ever really knows, but it just so happens that Oprah goes viral overnight for uh, mm-hmm. for some stuff when you looked at it because I was I just happened to check Twitter last night too and also see um that she was trending and why she was trending and because not only were you present in the space but because this is something that you were already doing already investigating and putting out there when it does pop in the way in which it did and she begins to trend now you're included within that cycle and that ties into everything else that you're doing because now people will see oh okay i'm checking oprah to see why she's trending after that has there been anything else oprah related that's going on I happen to find what Scoop B's written. Now I'm going to go check out more about Scoop B that I don't know or haven't known yet because he's connecting Jerry, he's connecting Larry, he's connecting Oprah, he's connecting Michael, and there might be more connections that I can find here. I would say there's a there's a lot of crossover between the two. So definitely just being in the space because as you waited until today to put up that article, it will probably do numbers, but not the numbers that it would have done already because you've put information out there and articles out there that's already linking towards it. When was your moment on YouTube where you started to get those superfluous amounts of followers, comments, and views? What was your first uh, moment where that happened? Uh, Man, the first quote-unquote moment I could say, like I, I know which one is the biggest one for sure. But let me, let me see if I could probably say the, would it be that one? I think, okay, got you. So the, the quote unquote, there were two of them. So I'll give you both of those. The first one was, um, me doing a, uh, Janelle Monet video for the Django right. Jane, because she was just coming out. Uh, well, she was still, putting out music in a couple of videos before the album was coming out. And uh, I'm a big Janelle Monáe fan. Absolutely love her music, her artistry. And this particular album was very touching. Um, her most recent one, because she had been working with Prince on some things and we already know that Prince unfortunately had passed and she was just coming out of that space. And as the video came out, you know, watched it, did my review on it, talked about it, discussed it, put it out um, in a timely manner. And that was the first time that I really got to see how YouTube kind of turns in terms of when you're like 
in the space and people are searching for it and you're there and available, you know, you see your video go from, okay, I got like four or five views. Cool. Then there was a time where I was like, oh man, look, four or five people watch my video. Like, great. Like, I'm, I'm ecstatic about that. Right? Because that means there's somebody outside of me that's also watching this. Then it goes to, all right, I got 70, 80 people. That's awesome. I feel like I did a good thing today. Goes from there to, okay, 200, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000. It got to a point where I remember just constantly refreshing my phone to see the number climb higher and higher. And I want to say around that point in time, that one got to maybe about 20, 22,000 or so before it started to slow down. And I was like, okay, you know what? This was, this was awesome. This was really cool. I like the aspect of how this is going. Um, obviously, I love getting the, the the satisfaction that people are enjoying the work. But what I love more so was the engagement and that now I'm, I'm able to have conversations with so many other people that are Janelle Monet fans. And now people that have known about Janelle Monet's music when she was still back in Kansas City doing music all the way up to people that just are hearing her for the first time now. I'm able to see where they are and what they think about the music and engage with them and also ask them what other music do they like and if it's similar to my own taste or if they'll be able to find other things on my channel that they enjoy. That was my first real moment of, oh man, this is incredible. Like I, I see that this is not just a way for me to be able to get views because that's what a lot of people are in for, for but this is also a way for me to be able to have these same conversations that I'm having on my radio show as well and be able to bridge those two gaps. I will say the second and the biggest moment came when I did my uh, video about This is America with um, Childish Gambino. And uh, I remember it was right after my friends had thrown me a surprise birthday party and uh, I was coming back home and I remembered that um, I didn't want to stay out too late because I knew that Donald Glover, who, who was like a you know, uh, somebody I look up to within the uh, entrepreneurial space um, was hosting Saturday Night Live. And I was super excited to be able to watch that. And I wanted to get back home. But obviously, it was my birthday party. So my friends had me stay out a little bit later. And when I got back home, watched a few of the sketches and was getting ready to go to bed. And I just happened to check Instagram. And I saw that there was an ad for This Is America. And it only showed like the beginning couple seconds of behind Donald. And then it just kind of like cut into the, this is American cursive how it is. So I just said, you know what? I know it's late. It's like 2, 3 a.m. But I want to do this video now because I don't know what time I'm going to wake up in the morning because we've had a lot of fun today. My roommate is looking at me like, man, look, everybody is asleep. You don't want to be too loud. I'm like, dude, I have to do this right now. If I don't do this now, I'm going to kick myself in the morning because I'm just that much of a fan of his. So um, ended up doing the video. And I was just so tired and my mind was just so warped from what it was that I just saw. I just immediately went to sleep right after that because I just couldn't, I couldn't even process everything that was going on right there. So did the video, ended up going to sleep for whatever reason. And I thank God for this all the time. I go to sleep around like 3, 3.30. I wake up at 7 a.m. randomly. And I'm like still super tired groggy, don't know what's going on, but I just wake up at 7 a.m. and I've got enough energy to be able to go up and edit. And I'm trying to go back to sleep, but in the midst of me doing that, I'm like, you know what? I probably woke up for a reason. Let me just get up and go put this video out. So I get up, 
go to our living room where my laptop is, edit the video, put the video out, go back to sleep. I wake up, come back, and I see, okay, the video's doing pretty well. That's good. You know, I'm at like 2,000, 2000 views and a couple, couple comments. Great. As I start to make dinner and watch TV, it takes off. Now I go from 2,000 to 15,000. I'm like, that's a jump. Like, I ain't never seen, whoa, that's crazy. That 15 goes to like 45. And now I'm like, all right, this by far is going to be my most viewed video. Like, I don't, is this, is this what this feels like? And at the same time, my email account is like going, it's like going off the hook. Like, it's, I had to put my phone on silent and on do not disturb because so many email notifications were coming in from people leaving comments and also subscribing to the channel. And then it goes from, uh, from there to about, uh, a hundred thousand. And then I'm like, okay, best, best video I've had so far. And then around all of that, I also crossed a thousand subscribers at that same time. And then it just keeps growing mm-hmm. and keeps growing. And it finally stopped around maybe about 245,000 views is when it started to slow down. But at that point in time, I had already gotten text messages from friends and emails from former uh, professors in college that have said, yo, my kids that remembered you from school called me to say, hey, did you see Melvin's video on YouTube at that point in time? And then when I go to type it in, you type in, this is America, and you see Donald Glover's video, and underneath, like maybe there might have been two other videos, and then my video was right there for third, um, just as the third video, the third thumbnail to pop up. And it just blew my mind to think that, wow, like all of this just took off in this manner. So I know it's a kind of a long story, but just really giving you the in-depth, like what I was thinking at that point in time and what was going on, that's where I was and everything. For sure, for sure. Scoopy Radio on the line with Melvin Taylor the second talking uh anything from YouTube to uh just the grind of being in New York City and making things happen. Um talk a bit a little bit about um or rather you did talk a little bit about doing radio, uh, and we talked about it at the beginning. Um mm-hmm. do you enjoy it? I do enjoy it, you know. It's it's fascinating to me because I saw a tweet not that long ago, and I think you posted this too, where somebody was saying, man, I wish that we could just have some type of audio form where you could tune in and listen to podcasts as things are going live, like, you know, as news is constantly updating whatever's going on. And somebody retweeted that and said, we do, it's radio. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just, it's just so interesting to me that things kind of like how the 90s, during the 90s time, everybody, who you know, it was popular to have all the bright colors and do this and wear these hairstyles and how things just kind of go in cycles. And now we're in the 80s kind of period. And now the 90s are going to be coming back relatively soon, like how everything goes in, in a cycle format. And I think the same thing with radio as well. Like we're getting in a time and space where, you know, people want that news right now. When a, when a trade happens within sports, like there are a lot of fans that, Yes, I want to go to Twitter to see what my, what the favorite journalist that I have or whoever it is that I listen to or watch, like what they have to say about it. And if they're not on TV because they're airing something else, I need to be able to hear it. You want to go to radio to be able to get that. I want to be able to have that same position for people when that comes to cultural news that's coming out or when that comes to uh, pop culture um, or uh, just new music in general. It's part of the reason why I love having the 
the blend of my radio show and the reactions and reviews that I do because I'm only going to be able to capture people's attention spans for so long with some of these videos. But if you're able to now come over to my radio show and listen to um, everything there, you'll see that I have unlimited more amounts of time to be able to discuss what what we were talking about within YouTube this week. So if a couple videos or some songs or some news drops um, or anything of that nature, now you can come over to the radio station or to the radio show specifically and listen to me talk ad nauseum about those. And I do enjoy it, man. I do enjoy it. Where were some of your, uh, who are some of your radio influences growing up? Uh, the main one I would have to say would be Tom Joyner. And I had the pleasure of being able to meet him one time when he got his induction into the uh, Radio Hall of Fame um, and was able to get a picture with him uh, that, that same day. Um, Tom Joyner, for sure, was the, the biggest influence on me just because growing up in Chicago, uh, going to school every morning, uh, with my dad dropping me off at school or us having to wake up extra early, took my mom to work, and then my dad dropped me off at school, and then um, he'd go to work. Tom Joyner was the guy. That was who we listened to. Um, that was that was who we got our news from. That's what we kind of, you know, learned everything about what happened last night and what we missed out on. That's what we went to for everything. So I would grow up and be like, all right, what's going on on blackamericaweb.com today or what's the black... Uh, black history fact that he got for today for us or uh, what what like old songs is he about to play today or what what like new song sampled an old song and now we're about to hear that new song and that old song or what like he would also have like little um it's funny because now I'm into sketch comedy in a sense and into storytelling in a way and I remember growing up and listening to the different um uh, uh narrative programs that he would have one there where uh, people would be different actors and actresses playing different roles and characters for like three, four minute sets during the show and listening to all of that. So he would have to be the biggest one um, to me. Then after after that, I would probably end up going with uh, Steve Harvey just because he was able to take it to another level in terms of being everywhere um, really and being able to uh, be on the radio, but then also uh, on the TV because I remember watching the Steve Harvey show um, growing up and also be able to host like uh, Family Feud and then still being a stand-up comedian. That was amazing to me. And uh, the last three that I will say, the three that I'm kind of quote-unquote chasing at this point would end up being Nick, Can- Nick Cannon, Ryan Seacrest, and Terrence J. Nick Cannon, because uh, he's currently got his radio show, but a lot of people don't know that he also used to do radio out here in New York back before he was diagnosed with lupus. Um, Ryan mm-hmm. Seacrest, because he's been the he's been the radio guy for the longest, and he's been the successor you could you could say quote unquote for Dick Clark, and just kind of learning from afar the different things he's doing to to stay um, relevant within the space and how he's able to continually grow and create more opportunities for people similar to, to Nick in ways as well. And Terrence J, because a lot of people don't know that he used to do radio way back in the day. And that's how him um, and Khloe Kardashian became cool back in the day because he used to do radio in Miami back when they used to film. Um, I think it was, I forget the name of the show. But it was like when, when Khloe was in Miami filming the Kardashian show, 
for E! News, and he used to pop in because he was doing radio for them, and he had a cool relationship with her in terms of helping to throw the parties in the event space and seeing how that turned into him then going on to being at 106 and Park and E! News and then growing into the entertainment host producer that he is today. So those would be the five people right there that I would look up to um, from radio. You said a lot, sir. <laughs> I know. I know, lot, man. Listen, I'll be, I'll be talking. I'll be talking. No, it's all good. I didn't talk to you all. This is the big payback now. Uh, okay, okay. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Scoopy <laughs> Radio talking with Melvin Taylor the second. Melvin, you're, I'm, I'm told, sources tell me that you are a Lakers fan. Man, sources would say you are spot on with that one. I'm a Laker fan. Really? Ride or die until, um, until the death of me. I was rooting for Smush Parker to average 15 a game. Like, I, I'm, I'm with it. I was like, Chucky Atkins might be able to get us mm. nine and six. Ronnie Turiath can get like eight rebounds. Like, you know, we can, we can make this happen. You know, maybe, uh, Darius Johnson Odom can do a couple things. Man, I can, I can pull out Laker name for days. Don't forget Stanislav Medvedenko. Oh, no. Chris Mims. can't forget Slava Medvedenko. Come on, Chris Mims, seven feet. He was giving me like eight rebounds. Come on, bro. I'm with it. I really wanted 10 and 10 from him. I had high hopes, but it's all good. You know, you, you, you're missing some other names, you know. Oh, I can, I can keep going. We, you want to talk about Lamar Odom? You want to talk about when we had Jordan Clarkson? Ryan Kelly was our starting four. I remember when Chris Kamen was was laying on the bench because we didn't have enough players to what play about in the T. game. Brown? We were playing against Cleveland. Oh, come, of course, man. What you talk about? I'm here. I'm here. We can known. talk about it all day. We can talk about Kareem it all Rush? day, every day. Kareem, yo, Kareem Russ had the burner low key. Don't let Kareem get hot. That left hand threw a lot of people off. They was not ready for that. <laughs> and he is a pretty good Listen, defender so as well. Sources tell me Kareem is uh, looking to come on Scoopy Radio very, very soon. Um, that's what my, my league sources share. So be looking out for that potentially. Oh man, y'all y'all definitely need to to stay looking out for that for sure. Kareem, man, come on Scoopy Radio, bro, for sure. Do that, do that. We want to hear right. all the stories, my guy. All the stories. Yes, sir. So, what do you make of the Lakers season this year? Man, I was extremely excited about the Lakers season this year because I felt hands down that they were going to be the champions. Um, so it's it's kind of a little bit of a buzzkill with the fact that we're not going to be able to have that parade anytime soon. It's probably going to get pushed back, hopefully not canceled due to the season being canceled. I hope that we don't get to that, to that type of situation. But um, I was very optimistic um, and very high on what, could be accomplished. Obviously, I felt that LeBron was playing at an MVP level because a lot, of, as a lot of people were saying, that Giannis was going to have the best, I believe, PER rating ever for somebody, and statistically, probably one of the best seasons anybody's ever had. I don't take that away from him whatsoever. But what's the same knock that they were saying against LeBron every time he was doing this in the Eastern Conference? The fact that he's playing in the Eastern Conference, and now that he can come over to the Western Conference and accomplish the same thing, um, I think that, hands down, he should be MVP. And while some people will say, well, uh, Melvin, if you look at it, Anthony Davis is leading in all statistical categories, and 
Therefore, he should be more of an MVP type of presence. I would challenge them to say if they look at the they look at the way in which games were played when LeBron was out and AD was in versus when AD was out, LeBron was in. Those are two totally different stories. And I think that AD this year was for him to grow and learn from LeBron to say, okay, how can I put up this type of production when I don't have a LeBron level talent there? Let me understand how to be able to do this. Let me understand what quarters do I need to go get mine? What do I need to fall back on? Where can I get my active rest while still being astute defensively? How can I be able to pick up my teammates when they need me? And when can I lean on them when I need them? So I think that's the case for um, for those two. When you look at the rest of the roster, I told you I could, I could do this all day. When you look at the rest of the roster, um, Kyle Kuzma, I think that while a lot of people have been disappointed with the output, I'm somebody who firmly believes that he could be a 20-point-per-game scorer, especially on this team, right? What a lot of people don't understand, and just from watching the way in which Kuzma plays, the way in which the Lakers play, the way in which he's played in the past years, and from my own um, basketball experience, having played in grade school, high school, and in college, um, you can just understand when a player is playing a certain way and they're trying to transition out of that. For the past couple of years, Kuzma has been playing on a very young team. And he's been playing in such a manner where it's always been about we all going to get ours because we ain't been that good necessarily. So we got to put up numbers so that way people can understand that we're growing our game. We'll work the money. You know, we work the time and that people will want to invest in us. Coming into this year early on, he still has some of that. Now, transitioning after All-Star break, I would really say like towards the end of January, but more so after All-Star break you started to see a different side of him, especially after that big Christmas Day game he had where he said, okay, I'm understanding my spots more. I understand that if I'm not affecting the game scoring-wise, I can I can make a difference in rebounds because I'm 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, I can play some pretty good defense when I commit my mind to it. I can also make sure I'm not in the passing lane offensively clogging up the lane so that way when LeBron or AD is streaking down the middle and somebody has a pass for him, I'm not there trying to get two points when they clearly have a mismatch and they'll be able to get the and one opportunity. So I think that the Lakers overall, man, they, they definitely were going to be champions to me. Um, but we'll see how everything plays out once the entire uh, quarantine is over with. Scoopy Radio on the line with Melvin Taylor the second, host of the alternative with Mel excuse me, with Melvin Taylor the second on uh, New York Radio, WHCR. For those who are uh, keeping score at home, the alternative with Melvin Taylor is a three-hour radio program um, dedicated to putting you on to new music and playing the hottest records from around the world. Uh, since his debut uh, on WACR, the alternative has been able to help break new artists, entertain listeners with today's hits, and educate them on what's going on in the world today. And uh, education is the key, and major key. Um, what do you have that you're working on right now uh, that you can share? Man, um, what do I have that I'm working on right now that I can share? Well, um, one thing that people I would love to be able to share with them is that I've been doing um, sketch and improv comedy for the past two years more seriously, um, more so at the Magnet Theater. Um, is located in Manhattan, um, right here in New York. 
And uh, we're part of an improv troupe called House Party Sketch Comedy, where we do um, a lot of sketch comedy. And we're pushing our YouTube channel right now. We've got about two seasons worth of um, videos where people could go and check those out on YouTube. I promise you they'll make you laugh. If not, I'll make it up to you in some way, shape, or form. So that is one thing I would love for people to know. The second thing that I would love for people to know is that um, I was recently cast as a lead and just finished wrapping up a short film um, that I was in called The Fruited Bears, which will be coming out, I believe, in April at some point in time. And I can't wait for people to be able to see that and see that not only can I uh, do, not only can I be dynamic within the YouTube space, but also um, host uh, different programs such as the radio show and also the alternative version of the TV show and my previous um, TV show, Making Manhattan. But I also can act and do sketch and improv comedy as well. So I can't wait to be able to share that with everyone when that comes out. I like it. Scoopy Radio talking with Melvin Taylor the second on everything uh, related to his, his brand, YouTube, the Los Angeles Lakers, as they say in L.A., the Lakers. And, um, yeah, man, what are you doing uh, to kind of better yourself? Not kind of. What are you doing to better yourself uh, during this uh, period of coronavirus and self-quarantining? What are you doing uh, every day when you wake up to, to better yourself from the day before? You know, um, I'm glad you asked that question because initially uh, it just kind of started out as active resting because I'm somebody that's always kind of going as evidenced by everything that I'm doing, that I really don't have time to be able to just sit down and not do anything. But with um, the quarantining that's been happening, um, one thing that I've been doing that's helped me out in a way is that I've been watching more movies and TV shows actively. Like, I never really had the time to sit and just watch them and be able to digest them. It was kind of always, all right, watch it, keep going, watch it, keep going. Are the Lakers on tonight? All right, I'm going to go watch the Lakers right now. But now when I'm watching movies, and this is mostly because I uh, just wrote my own um, short film over the weekend, um, now when I'm watching movies, I'm kind of breaking them down into that process and saying, okay, uh, what direction is this character going? Why, why is this the character's arc? What's happening here? What about the supporting characters? Where's the story going? What is this universe um, that this movie exists in? I'm really starting to break it down on a structural level because uh, during this point in time, I want to be able to write more, whether that is the sketches that I have written um, to be able to be put on stage at some point in time, or if that's going to be more uh, short series that I may put out on YouTube or mm -hmm. short films. Um, and eventually at some point, I'd like to write a uh, feature in my film. So hopefully during this time, I'll be able to learn more about the uh, writing process for um for all of those as well as improve all my editing skills for youtube so yeah that's what i'm doing on a day-to-day -day basis to be able to improve that'll work melvin you're off the hot seat sir and thank you uh brandon scooby robinson i really appreciate you uh having me on your show you know it was uh i can i can still think back to the day when we initially met and how long it's been since then and how uh, close we've grown as friends and colleagues and being able to see you just excel at the rate in which you are and the level in which you are and to be able to 
to be a threat to the business in every way, shape, and form. It just brings a smile to my face to not only to know you, but to also be so excited to be able to see the pathway that you're on and see where it is that you're going. I'm, I'm really happy for you, man. And thank you so much for bringing me on. Thank you for having me, but you know, I don't have no sources, so I don't even know why you know, you're saying all that. By the way, I paid him to, to say that. I didn't, you know. Ah, uh, got you. Now, y'all, he ain't, he ain't paying me to say that. We, we know, you know how the, how the streets be watching, the tweets be watching, bro, because they, you know, they be, you see, you see him put out one thing, and mysteriously, some people happen to be on TV speaking about the same thing the next day or later that night. So everybody... I, while, while people might say that Scoob B ain't got no sources, I would definitely say that he got them notifications on deck because they all be watching everything that he said. Sources say. Brother, thank you for joining us today. I appreciate you. No, no problem, man. I appreciate you too. Thank you for having me. Scoob B Radio. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 